Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people, all kinds of people, all kinds of people in the world. Now, on the Talk of Muncie WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz. Getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Top of the morning at WMUN, the talk of Muncie, and welcome to all kinds of people. I'm quite happy to be able to pull somebody off the golf course this morning. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Uh, Cameron Andre, the uh, head women's golf coach at Ball State. Cameron, thanks a bunch for getting off that tee and coming down to the studio. It's an honor to be here, Dr. Joe, and uh you know, we, we go way back, so this is a great opportunity for us to catch up. Yeah, for those of you tuning in, there were times when Cameron was in a classroom of mine, maybe as I wandered around, and I don't recall him ever really taking notes, but it was a good time. <laughs> I think you got onto me for reading the newspaper, if I oh, remember correctly. Yeah, the but, newspaper. Well, yeah. you had to catch up on the news. Uh -huh. Thank you. That was important. Um, so, Cameron... Uh, grew up in Paoli, Indiana, with four brothers. So I'm trying to get a handle, Cameron, if you could share with us what it's like to have five boys running around a house, and how did you kind of split off into some of the interests you developed as well? Give us a sense of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, kind of a unique family makeup. Two, two of my brothers, biological brothers, I'm the oldest um, of the three of those, but um, my mom and dad adopted two other brothers. Um, one of them was the same age as me. We were in the same grade. Um, and it was kind of a slow process, um, but he ended up with us when we were in middle school. And uh, so it's kind of like, you know, brother and also one of my best friends. And um, that was just an incredible experience. And then my youngest brother, uh, Carlisle, he um, was in foster care and to make a long story short, I was working at a summer camp when I was in college. He was there um, as a 14-year-old. Um, the foster family had sent their kids to this camp, and we got to know each other during that week. And at the end of the week, my mom called me and said, how's it going? And I said, well, it's been great. I met this, you know, this kid. It just breaks my heart. He's in foster care. He doesn't have a family. And he told me he would love to have a family, but no one adopts 14-year-olds. And so that was the end of our conversation. And about two hours later, my mom called back and said, hey, I talked to your dad. And he said, well, why can't we adopt a 14-year-old? And that was the start of a very rapid journey. And within two months, he was a part of our family. Um, and so we, you know, it, we kind of grew a little later on, you know, and I was already out, actually out of the house by that point. I was in college. Um, but uh, that's how we became you know, four brothers and uh, five, four brothers for me, five sure, boys sure. all together. And uh, it was, you know, a, a, an amazing experience. I don't even want to know what my, my mom and dad's grocery bill was <laughs> because I'm sure it was astronomical. But uh, 
or yeah. athletic equipment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's a fascinating story about you being at a camp and kind of making a connection with this kid who clearly was looking for a home, and you turn around and provide it. Yeah, I, you know, my mom and dad have always kind of had that mentality that um, that, and they inherited that from their from their folks that you know we're just love on people and, and bring people in. We always had an open house. We lived, uh, I could literally put my car in neutral at the top of the hill and, and cruise to the school um, from the end of our driveway. And so we always had people in our house. Um, all of us played sports um, growing up. And so our teams were over. We had a pool in the backyard. And um, so our house was definitely just kind of the house. And I don't think my mom and dad even knew what boys were in the house most of the time. It could be any any of us. So, yeah. The Andre Homestead. Yeah, Thank you for, sure. for uh, all the neighbors and all the kids. And um, so what kinds of things did you tinker with through high school? I, I'm quite curious about um, your seventh place finish in 1995 at the <laughs> World 3D Archery Competition. So, uh yeah, my, my dad is an outdoorsman. Uh, he loves to hunt and fish. And so really the first uh, the first kind of sport that we, my, my brothers and I got involved in was archery. And um, 3D archery, so you know it's like, it, it's a target that looks like a deer or looks like a turkey or a whatever, bobcat. Okay. And were these planted in the backyard someplace? Yeah, my dad got a bunch of these used targets, kind of fix them up and, and had, we had a, some woods in our backyard and uh, he would set up a course for us. And so when I was young, I, that's what I did all, you know, all the time I would go out and shoot. And um, my dad started saying, Hey, my, my younger brother at that point, Corey, um, the two of us would shoot a lot. And so we started getting into these competitions and we both were pretty good. We qualified um, for the world championships which were held in flatwoods west virginia and okay. we my family and i my grandparents we we drove out there we camped for i don't know four or five days and shot in this competition um and that was i, I probably didn't even appreciate it then but it was an amazing experience that was kind of my first that's probably the athletic highlight of my life <laughs> at that point i peaked early um but it was yeah it was a great experience that's incredible I, I guess I'm trying to imagine these r- reproduced deer and stuff in the backyard and uh, the neighbors kind of looking over all the time and seeing everybody out there taking shots at it with arrows. And Yeah, well, there were a lot of things that our neighbors could look at. My dad um, retired from the state police. And so at that point in time in the mid-90s, part of his job was he would um, be a spotter in helicopters and they would look for marijuana grows out okay. in you know, we lived in kind of rural area, southern Indiana. And so at one summer, he the, you did two things if he found these grows. One, he would set up and actually, like, observe, figure out who it was, deal with it. Or the other was, you know, if it wasn't very much, just go in and chop it out. And whoever was growing it would come back and go, what happened to my plants? But yep. we ended up with a pile of marijuana plants that my dad had, you know, <laughs> And, and so we, I, I don't know, the whole neighborhood might have been high because my dad was burning these marijuana plants to get rid of them in our in our backyard. So, yeah, I, the neighbors probably had no idea what was going on in our house. <laughs> Just a very interesting odor going around. <laughs> so after you put down the bow and arrow, um, you went off to letter and 12 times varsity sports, um, basketball, football and golf. 
that's quite a combination. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how you juggled basketball, football seasons. But what are some memories of that time, along with being with some other players and fellow colleagues? And Yeah, well, part of it, going to a small high school, like if you're an athlete, they kind of need you to play everything. And so um, I played all kinds, any sport that I could play pretty much. And, um, you know, as a typical Hoosier, I really loved basketball. Basketball. Um, my teams weren't very good in, in football or basketball. Golf was probably the best team that we had. Um, but that was golf was kind of my time to let my body recover from football and basketball <laughs> season. Golf season was in the spring. And so, um, yeah, I, I loved playing sports. I love have always loved being part of a team. And um, I didn't know that that would maybe be part of my life up until this point, but it turns out that it has been. Did you have a sense when you were playing any of those sports that you wanted to pursue it at the college level or beyond? Well, I, at that point in time, I, I knew I wanted to be in sports. I thought maybe it would be in broadcasting. and um, Doing a little play-by-play -play yeah, and other exactly, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And I thought maybe I, coaching always seemed intriguing to me, but I had no desire to be a school teacher. And those two seemed to kind of have to go hand in hand. So I kind of said, well, I don't want to be a teacher, so maybe coaching isn't what I'm going to end up doing. And um, it ended up coming together to work out in the end. Yeah. We're with Cameron Andrew, everybody, and Cameron, just briefly, um, what do you think triggered you to really lean toward golf as we head into break over football, um, basketball? Well, in those other sports, you need to be big and tall and strong and fast, and that's not exactly my forte, so golf <laughs> became the, the default. <laughs> We're with Cameron Andrew, everybody, the head golf coach for women at Ball State University. And we're going to be back with Cameron to kind of pursue his career path after this little break. Stay with us on all kinds of people. This is WMUN's All Kinds of People with Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to All Kinds of People on WMUN. And I'm with Cameron Andre, who currently is the head golf coach for the women at Ball State University. When we uh, took the break, we were talking about Cameron's activities in varsity, basketball, football, golf, uh, back in the day of his high school. But I want to throw in one other thing. Uh, you were known as Conrad Birdie and Captain Von Trapp. And um, so <laughs> you're out there making tackles and dribbling the ball and shooting three-pointers, and then you run on stage and do a little theatrical stuff. So give me a little insight into Conrad Birdie and Captain Von Trapp, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, in a kind of a wild turn to my College, my high school experience. These my, are two lead roles. Yeah, in musicals. Yeah, in musicals. musicals, right? Um, and my my uh, sophomore year English teacher was also the director of the drama department. And um, she came to me in the spring that year, a couple of weeks before showtime, and said, hey, we had someone quit. It was the, the first show that I was in was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And she said, we have one of the brothers quit. It's kind of a minor role, but you know, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, I don't have any experience <laughs> doing anything like that, but um, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I fell in love with, with all of that. Um, I'm not, you know, in, incredibly talented as a 
uh, singer or anything like that, but I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. Um, and it, I think it just kind of gave me another piece of, uh, of a, an experience that may be a little more well-rounded. Um, and I can appreciate, you know, some of those things that, that otherwise I wouldn't be able to appreciate. And so my, I mean, we, my wife and I still, we still love theater. We saw Hamilton, um, just a, a few weeks ago. Um, and so we love to, experience those types of things and i think maybe one of my daughters might be kind of headed in that path too so we'll see oh yeah there may be a time during the off season for you to go down to cornerstone for the arts or the (laughs) civic theater here and kind of renew that uh maybe to watch a show i don't know that i'm as talented as all those people who are part of the show so yeah so cameron after you graduated from ball state 2009 you packed up all your belongings and went way far north (laughs) like 30 miles to (laughs) upland um, and jumped in as the head golf coach for both men and women. Um, give us a little sense of that. And I just want the audience to know that during that 10-year time, a little longer time up there, um, Cameron was awarded um, Coach of the Year six times for the men and Coach of the Year four times for the women in their conference. That has to be a nice little honor to have. But what's it like? juggling both teams yeah well i got to give you the kind of the back story about how it even came about so i actually started at taylor i was working on my master's at ball state and i got a part-time job in the athletic department at taylor doing communications and which was my background that was my degree at Ball State and um, then, be, then became the assistant sports information director. Yeah. And so <laughs> midway through that first year, the men's golf coach at the time said, hey, I'm going to be done after this year. And they looked at me and said, you play golf. Maybe you could be the golf coach. Um, and I hadn't really even thought about that. Um, and I said, well, I sure I'll give it a shot um, and had no idea what I was doing. I was barely, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years older than the players on the team. And so um, I learned a lot of hard lessons the first couple of years and made plenty of mistakes. Uh, I feel bad for some of those players on my early teams looking back. But um, And then a couple of years into that, being the men's coach, they came and said, hey, we're going to start the women's program. We want you to coach that team too. And I said, that didn't sound like a question. Um, so, yes, I understand. And that was an amazing experience. And I think, you know, the the two teams, coaching two teams, there's some challenges there, but it's also really rewarding Um you know, and athletes are athletes, competitors are competitors, whether they're men or women. There are some differences, but more the differences are from person to person, not necessarily from male to female. And uh, so I just tried to to kind of figure out with each player, um, no matter which team they were on, what how can I best connect with them? How can I coach them the best and uh, communicate with them in a way that they can receive what I'm trying to say and motivate them? Um, and, you know, it, it worked out really well. And we you know, a coach is only as good as their players. So all those Coach of the Year awards, those are really awards for the players because they worked really hard and were really successful. Yeah, I'll accept that comment, but um, I think the fact of the matter is that a coach does set a mentality with the players that allows them to go on to championships um, and thus earn you the credit you earned um, in that conference in particular. on 10 different occasions combined. So I I often wonder as a coach, when you show up for a match and they're unloading all their clubs and stuff and 
how a coach gets a sense of where the player's mentality might be that day. Did they get up on the wrong side of the bed? Did they have an argument with somebody? Did, and how does that come into your head when you're trying to pick out the starting group and making sure that it's all lined up? Yeah, I mean, that's in golf, it's it's usually predetermined. You know, usually the day or two days before, we, de- we, we decide who's playing. But then, you know, each day golf presents different challenges, and the, the game's so just so difficult, and the margin for error is so slim that, you know, one day you have it, and the next day you don't. And so trying to figure out how that player is feeling um, going into the day, and then how can I kind of help them along the way and not get in the way. Um, and so part of that's you got to get to know them and it just takes some time. And then you can kind of get a sense of like, okay, she's, she seems maybe like she's a little on edge. She's do, doesn't feel super comfortable or yeah, that player, she's, she's ready to go today. Um, so it's a pat on the back and let's go get it um, for her today. And, and then it all changes once you get out there, that you get off to a great start or things are, are off kilter and you get off to a really poor start. In golf, it's not like, hey, we're going to call in the sub. Nope, you're there and we got to count on you. Um, and so, you know, we got no matter how poorly it's going, we got to figure out how to make it through and get the best out of it today. Um, and so some of that's encouragement every now and then it's, a, you know, a little kick in the butt to get them going. But that, you know, that is the art of coaching is figuring out when to say what and what to say. And sometimes it means not saying anything at all. And try to keep them in the fairway as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, that makes things a lot easier, that's for that sure. <laughs> We're talking with Cameron Andrew, everybody, who um, heads up the women's golf program at Ball State University. And um, Cameron um, married Jesse, your high school sweetheart. Um, what do you and Jesse do with your two youngsters? Um, Th- three, actually. Oh, yeah, that's um, right, three. And Sorry. so, yeah, my, my wife... Um, is amazing, and uh, we, I'm t- two years older than her. We we met um, going into my senior year of high school, and um, then I came to Ball State, and I think her parents took her to visit every college in the Midwest to convince her to go anywhere but Ball State because I was here, and <laughs> she ended up here as well and um, is a teacher now at, at Delta Middle School, um, and we gave we gave her parents three beautiful grandchildren, so I tell them it worked out just fine. Um, but yeah, we stay busy. We've got um, an eight year old, seven year old, and two year old, and uh, they are amazing kids. They're into all kinds of different things. I have this vision of your backyard having fake deer and things out there, <laughs> bows and arrows going on, and then a little basketball hoop on the side, and then. A couple of five irons and a little putter going, and yeah, <laughs> it's really accurate. Um, add in a little trampoline back there, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's that's pretty accurate. And so, um, and a paint kit. My oldest is definitely artistic. She loves to sing and paint and dance and do all those sorts of things. And yeah, we we just have we have a lot of fun. We stay busy for sure. And uh, you know, my wife, I, I travel a lot. Being the coach, I'm gone for three or four days Plus you have to recruit. at a time and I'm recruiting. And so there are times when she's here solo. And uh, just recently she went on a, a little girl's trip with some of her friends and I was home with the kids for a few days. And ah, I, daddy, she came back daddy. and I said, honey, I, I have a new appreciation for you when I leave for a few days because it is a full-time job just keeping this place afloat. Yeah, I, I'm quite sure about that. Um, and when you recruit, do you stay kind of close to home? 
I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, Midwest, um, you know, but uh, probably going to be some even some trips to Europe or South America coming up because we're trying to recruit anybody and everybody globally and, and here from the state as well. Yeah, yeah. We've been with Cameron Andrew, everybody, the head coach at Ball State's women's golf team. And Cameron, thanks a bunch for coming in. I'll love to set you free to go out on the hit the course. Thank you and have a good time. And for all of you who listen to all kinds of people, we appreciate you joining in. We hope your week gets off to a good start. It's Dr. Joe saying have a very good week.